Welcome to Dad Rocks, a podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. Hello and welcome to Dad Rocks, the podcast about being a dad and loving music and how the two intersect in our lives. I'm your host, Josh, and today my guest is Django Haskins. Django is a singer, songwriter, and music educator from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He's known for his work in the bands The Old Ceremony and Au Pair, as well as being part of Big Star's third ensemble. But most importantly, he is also the father of two young kids. Django, welcome to Dad Rocks. Thanks so much for having me. We're recording this the day after The Old Ceremony played uh, a gig. Uh, how, did, how did that go last night? It went great. Um, we, we were playing in Raleigh, which isn't that far from where we are, but we haven't we we haven't played there very much uh, for a while. So it was uh, it was unclear how it was going to turn out um, <laughs> crowd wise, but it actually turned out really, really great. That's awesome. And was this the first time you guys all played together in a, in a, in a while? Uh, no, we've been playing. Uh, we've we've kind of reanimated uh, from our crypts um, uh, starting last summer. And so we've nice. been kind of ramping back up into, you know, our current state of affairs. And was that all due to the pandemic or were you, was this like a planned hiatus kind of thing before? Oh, pandemic? no. Uh, yeah, it was just it's just the pandemic. You know, it was just uh, we we were all um, well, a number of us have young kids. And so we were yeah. we're not touring as much as or really at all uh, lately, um, though we have done a, a, a great deal of it in the past. And so. You know, we were just playing kind of regionally, mostly uh, le- leading up to the pandemic, and then you know uh, everything kind of shut down for a while. And uh, speaking of your kids, how did you know you and your family and your kids deal with that whole pandemic thing? I know your kids are, I think, are school age, and you know, yeah. I'm, a pub- I'm a public school teacher, so I know how it, it, it's affected kids. So I was just yeah, how your kids did. Yeah. So my uh, our son is uh, is now eight and a half, and our daughter is about to turn five. Uh, so, um, our daughter was in preschool and actually we ended up, uh, just, she just stayed home with me hmm. for the first year of the pandemic yeah. <laughs> and she was, you know, two or whatever <laughs> and two or yeah. three. And, uh, and, our, and, you know, our son had, was home and had school online. He was in kindergarten, I think when it started. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was insane. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just absolutely insane. Just the collapsing of all boundaries. It's like, you know. Uh, your your kind of mental home becomes 100% open concept, you know, uh, just absolutely no way to get away from anything um, at any time. Yeah. I mean, we we pulled, uh, my son is uh, four and a half and we, we have a four month old baby, but um, our older son, he we pulled him out for of daycare for like a year and we started seeing, you know, after like a year, his social skills were really starting to be hurt. So we sent him back and, right. you know, there's a, there's a point where you have to, you know, choose, you know, there's, that's the whole thing of pros and cons of, of your choices yeah. of what is, is most important. And, you know, it's, it really is though, um, you know, amazing. I, as, as a teacher, I was like, Oh, I can, I can do this from home. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, but right. after a while, you know, when you get back into the school thing and you can see, you see these kids, you know, just it's, it affects my wife is everyone. a teacher as well. She teaches in a, in a, in a high school. Um, and, uh, so yeah, she's definitely, and she's an English teacher. So oh. she has definitely seen a, a really big drop in, uh, in level as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. It's, it's tough. For, and I can't even imagine with high school English, but those kids, you know, those middle school years are just real is that what you do you teach middle school oh so i actually i'm changing jobs tomorrow but i had i was i'm a i'm a computer teacher uh i was in in a k-8 to school for eight Uh and a half years and i taught everyone um and i'm actually tomorrow starting as a middle school computer science teacher so um yeah so lots of stuff going on um (laughs) right now uh no no break between jobs but uh that's how it goes um so you know, you said that your kids are uh, five and eight and a half. Um, do th- they're at that age right now where they're starting to get into all these different activities? Um, have yeah. they shown interest in music at all? Uh, only, um, only as it does not relate to me. They have um, absolutely. They don't let me sing in the house. Oh, wow. They don't like it when I play piano or guitar or wow. anything. Um, they, but they're constantly humming 
Star Wars themes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they hum themes to kind of uh, show their mood. So if it's the Imperial March, you know, you better back off. And if it's, uh, you know, the Anakin's theme or something, then, right. you know, they're kind of feeling a certain way. And um, So, uh, yeah, right now it's like Star Wars all the time. Star Wars and Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, our son, uh, we're, we're trying not to force anything on him of course yeah. and uh he's um we he did drum lessons with uh our, the drummer from our band for a, for a little bit during the pandemic it was all mm-hmm. on on zoom and it was mm-hmm. definitely not wor- not working um <laughs> yeah i can't and, doing that so. yeah and then now he's taking piano lessons in person and um you know he he kind of has a uh a, he reaches a point where he has no interest in it um every month or so and then learns how to play a song that he recognizes and then he's he'll do it you know all for hours at a time um so you know i mean he's very much uh if he's interested he'll get really interested Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah they they're definitely you know i know lots of i have lots of musician friends obviously and and uh, a lot of them have kids and a lot of their kids are just into all the stuff they're into. Um, that is very, very much not my children. <laughs> yeah. No, my, I was I was like that with my dad. I was very much into what he was doing, um, you know, got into all the music he did. Um, and just like your son, that when I took piano lessons, I only wanted to learn the songs that I, I was really into the songs that I knew. And I, like, yeah. I wanted to play Maple Leaf Rag and the Entertainer over and over again because those are the right. songs you know, I recognize. Those. Right. And also to your point about Zoom drum, I, I taught drum lessons for many years. I have no idea how you can even do a Zoom drum lesson because it just doesn't seem possible to like, you know, to, it's, to do. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do a lot of lessons on Zoom. I have yeah. students in New York and D.C. and Florida and uh, and uh, New Jersey. And yeah, and it's <clears throat> it's not easy. Uh, it's definitely... Well, I mean, guitar, at least, you know, it's, it's they have their, you know, there's you can kind of show them everything, but with drums, it's, I feel like you got to sometimes get in there and like, you know, yeah, totally you know, change the grip and everything like that. So exactly. Well, I teach voice too, uh, which is, oh, okay. you know, challenging cause you can't really uh, accompany anyone yeah. in time for a while in the first year of the pandemic, when everyone was on zoom, uh, I had to, you know, I had to learn to mentally shift what I was hearing by a half a second mm. as I played along with them yeah. to see if they were playing in time, singing in time. <laughs> like it was insane. Yeah. You know, it was really insane. Well, I give you props on that. Cause I probably would have, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just re re, you know, re rejiggering your brain for that is, is yeah. it's tough. Um, yeah. so, you know, uh, you know, you being a musician and, uh, you know, having kids, what, you know, because, I, I, you know, I'm not a professional musician, but I pl- I've been playing my whole life. I have very strong feelings about music. What are your feelings about kids' music? Well, it's interesting you say that. So, uh, you know, my daughter's in a phase where she loves um, musicals. You know, she mm-hmm. she loves the kind of the, the current or recent, um, like, Encanto, uh, Moana, yeah, and my, my Frozen. My son's been into both of those lately. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, at first it's like, oh, God, am I going to yeah. have to listen? But, you know, I as I listen to it, what what it has taught me <laughs> is how to listen uh, with a purpose, you know, because if I'm going to have to listen to Let It Go 800,000 <laughs> times, I'm going to learn something from it, you know. Yeah. And so I'll listen to it. <clears throat> I mean, not on my own, you know, usually right. with my kids um, in the car and uh and I will just listen to the strings or I'll just mm. listen to the percussion um, or I'll just, you know, I'll just pick an instrument and really try to zone in on it and uh, and just focus on the arranging, mm. the, the arrangement and yeah. and how they're doing it. And, you know, um, and I've learned a lot. Uh, and it's, you know, for Encanto and uh, and Moana also just I mean, it helps that they're pretty great. Like the the yeah. the, the writing is great. The lyrics are are hilarious like they're actually really great you know um they're these little subtle things that uh you know with the lynn manuel miranda stuff and and with the lopez um stuff the you know frozen and uh right uh coco and you know all that stuff and yeah. uh you know i've i've really come to appreciate it because you know i mean if you think about it it's like uh the who's playing on those things like the best studio right. musicians in los angeles you know yeah so there's obviously things to learn from it it's like listening to the wrecking crew with hal blaine or something you right. know you're you're gonna pick something up uh even if you don't 
necessarily like, you know, you're not going to listen to it on your own. Yeah. That, I mean, that was my whole thing is, is as my son, you know, we, I, I pushed like, you know, I, growing up, I listened to a lot of Rafi. So when he was young, I was playing oh, yeah. a lot of Rafi. We did that too. Yeah. And I got in, I heard from a friend about, uh, Casper baby pants. Who's, uh, Chris Ballou from presence, United States of America. Oh, okay. Um, and so was listen. I enjoyed that just because I like his, you know, his style right. of music. Um, but now as my son gets older and, you know, similar to what your kids are going through, they want to listen to the stuff that they have seen on TV shows and like, right. you know, this, those, those songs over right. and over again. And it is really interesting to, to hear. And like you said, what's, what's going on because many of these composers are, you know, legitimate, solid, you know, songwriters. Oh, yeah. And there, like, there's, um, there's a show on Netflix that my son's been intru- in, into lately called Storybots. It's, I think it's, oh old, yeah, it's I know that one, yeah. The theme song, there's a, an, a very mm-hmm. interesting chord change in one of the, like, they have like two uh-huh. bridges and it's just like, that's really cool what they did. It's like, you know, right. hearing that, it's like, you know, the kids won't pick up on it for, as an adult right. and someone who knows music. It's like, that's really awesome that this yeah. is, you know, high quality music. Exactly. I mean, thank goodness. You know, I mean, it, it yeah. there is, there's a lot of hor- horrid children's yes, music yes, out there, yes. but, um, but, you know, I, I'm happy to listen to that stuff over and over. Uh, and, uh, um, I was going to say, you know, another, there was another phase of Sandra Boynton. Um, oh, yeah. you know, her books are, are, are great, but also she writes these songs and then makes CDs and, you know, mm-hmm. you can get them from the library. And so our, our kids, uh, especially our son, cause he's a bit older, were really into that for a while. In fact, Ben Folds, who I know is someone that you've always really yes. liked, uh, does, does one, um, and, uh, Fountains of Wayne and, oh, you nice. know, a lot of kind of, you know, the kinds of bands that you wouldn't really necessarily expect on a kid's record. And, and it's great. I got to check that out. Cause I knew that she put out her, like she would r- record her own songs and stuff like that, but I didn't but know she doesn't done... sing them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I guess... so she gets guests on every single song and you know, it's stuff like sometimes it's like Meryl Streep, you know what mm. I mean? It's like, or Kevin Klein, yeah. you know, um, and they're, you know, the, for the most part, they're really good. And, um, you know, I, I don't, they're not quite like to the level of like the kind of Moana right, right, right. type thing, but it's, you know, uh, for younger kids and it's, it's pretty good. I'll have know? to check that out. You know, with another kid coming through, you gotta, you gotta yeah, you better get your, uh, get your, keep your ammo dry. Now. So you, you know, your kids aren't, I guess, they, you know, I guess, is it because you don't, you play so much music or are they like, do they not like listening to you? Do they ever come to your shows? Do they, they have know? come to shows when I play outdoor shows they've you know come to to a lot of those um they like it when they're at the show Mm -hmm. um but uh i think they're just you know they don't uh, both of them they they really have their own minds and they just don't like the feeling of anything being foisted upon them uh you know there's a big wrestling match trying to get our son to to let us read him harry potter for like Mm -hmm. a year before he would let us and then Mm -hmm. he read them all on his own in like a day you know um i mean not really but like really fast but um you know, it's, it's just some kids just don't want to be told right, <laughs> what to right. listen to or what to, you know, so it almost has to be uh, the only the only way I've really found that I can really introduce them to new music um, is if just every once in a while in the car, if I just put something on that I'm enjoying mm-hmm. and just don't say a thing about it and just I enjoy it, then maybe they'll listen to it and maybe they'll like it. But um, it's yeah, it's it's funny uh i definitely imagined um you know uh that it would be much easier to get them in i mean you know the beatles have been pretty easy going down but pretty much everything else they're just not that interested right now i'm sure they will be eventually yeah yeah, everyone and they're soaking it in i mean it's around they let's do a lot of jazz whether they know it or not you know (laughs) bill evans is in their ears somehow nice so now growing up you know where what was your house like with, in terms of full music? Of music? Okay. Um, my parents were folk musicians in the sixties oh, and they loved jazz also. I mean, they didn't play it, but they, well, my dad played a little jazz on the piano. And so, and they love Broadway stuff and standards. And, uh, so we would, there was always music. Um, and we would, as a family, like play music around the piano awesome. kind of thing, standards and stuff from like just show tunes. And, uh, and then they would, we'd do folk songs. And so I have like, you know, just a huge kind of catalog in my brain of just from that, you know, forget about the next, you know, 40 years of, uh, yeah. of, of finding music on my own. Um, so yeah. And that really made me, uh, I was much more malleable, I think, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
And, but that made me really, uh, open to a lot of different kinds of music because of that, you know? And so that's, you know, that's my goal. It's just to kind of, uh, introduce my kids, whether they know it or not, to some sounds that they like. And they, you know, interestingly, Star Wars has been great because they've learned a lot about classical music. You know, we listen to it. We talk about the instrumentation and about why they're using this instrument or that, um, about dynamics and about uh, recurring motifs. And like, you know, really, they're into it um, because it's Star Wars. So great, you know, call it what you want, man. You know, it's still like Lydian, you know what I mean? Like it's there's still all this great stuff happening. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in, in a similar way that like Star Wars teaches narrative really well, um, just because it is, it's like the Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. school of, you know, storytelling, uh, you know, so great. They get it from Star Wars. They get it from somewhere else. They're still getting the idea of the hero's journey and all the other aspects that kind of will carry through in a lifetime of reading literature. So, uh, you know, or, or making movies or whatever they want, right. you know, whatever they're into. No, I mean, John Williams is just great. I mean, like, I he remember, is great. Yeah. I remember learning the Indiana Jones themes on piano, uh-huh. uh, theme on piano. It's just like, that was, that was so fun. And, mm-hmm. and it's, and his stuff is, you know, very accessible mm-hmm. and, but all, but also, like you said, very complicated and a lot, it's deep. lot going on. Yeah. 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 You know, what turned me on to it? I mean, I, you know, we, we listened to it because of, we watched the movies and they're into star Wars, but right. um, do you know this guy, Rick Beato? Yes, um, yes, yeah. yes. Amazing. Right. Like yeah. just, an, in, an incredible source of, of information and uh, insight. And he does a, a, a series on John Williams and where he kind of breaks things down uh, <clears throat> in terms of a lot of his composition techniques. And, and that to me was just like really eye opening. And I, you know, I took a bunch of those things and spun them into my own songs, nice. uh, you know, just because there were some sounds that were in my head that I didn't, I didn't, hadn't consciously thought about before. Um, mm. So, yeah. So, you know, you grew up, uh, I think, in Florida, right? I you, did, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so what? Uh, where in Florida? Uh, uh, Gainesville, Florida, which okay. is university, university town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was was there? Uh, what was the music scene like when you were growing up as a teen? You know, I lived out in the country outside of Gainesville, and I really like I was very disconnected from fr- from everything outside of my own head or the woods. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we had records, and I I, I could dig a hole, and yeah. uh, you know, and I, I I spent my whole high school basically with a four track Hmm. and all the instruments that could, you know, gather, uh, making recordings and writing. Um, so, you know, I really wasn't connected to the scene at all. I mean, I, I played some scuzzy bars here and there in high school, uh, in bands with older, older people, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really get into a scene until, uh, after college, after college, I moved to China for a year and then Hmm. I moved, to New York City, and once I moved there, you know, and I was playing professionally. That's yeah. when that was my first real scene that I was a part of. So, um, I mean, again, I was looking just at your bio, and you went to Yale for, for yeah. college, right? Yeah. Now, a New Haven does have a scene. It has some great, you know, mm-hmm. venues up there, like Toad's Place. Yes. Um, went so, to a lot of shows there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, now, so were you studying music up there, or no. were you so? But but you were playing a lot, and yeah, I had a just, band. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, I had a band called Earl's Comfort Station. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, yeah, we played a lot. Um, and I had a favorite New Haven band, uh, this band called the gravel pit that ended up moving to Boston and they're, they're, you know, they don't, I don't think they really play anymore, but they were incredible. I think you, you in particular would love them uh, knowing what you like, uh, or some of the things you like, (laughs) um, really, really great, uh, songwriting, um, super melodic, smart, creative, um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I caught, I caught a lot of music while I was there, um, but I was studying literature uh, and yeah, Chinese. Sure. Oh, that's um, why you ended up in China. Yeah. I, know, I know you've written a bunch of songs in Chinese. I wasn't a sure couple, what the connection yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so were you, what, so what was the driving force for you to end up in New York? Because when you ended up there, I, I think it was, uh, I guess, in the late 90s? Uh, yeah, or, mid-90s, yeah, yeah 96. Mid-90s. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of music, ha- you know, I guess the scene was was in a weird flux at the time. I know CMJ was huge at that time. Right. I know, you know, yep. growing up outside of New York City, I couldn't get into any shows at the time because right. everything was 18, you know, but we heard about everything. Sure. And then I, you were still there when the big, yeah. uh, you know. Till 02, re- yeah. Revamp, yeah. 
revamp happened. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it were like the strokes and everything were coming through. So what was, what was it like being in New York city uh, at that time? It was, it was great, man. It was really exciting. I mean, the thing about New York at the time I moved there for music, you know, I mean, I moved yeah. there because I love that city and I, I wanted to live, I wanted to live there. Um, going to China was just a bit of a kind of a side, a side trip just to, uh, have that experience while I could before yeah. I kind of settled into music business. Um, you know, uh, in New York, it's, it's so vast, uh, the music, there's not like a music scene in New York. There are like a thousand music right. scenes. No, yes. And so, um, so, you know, my music scene became a really supportive one built around open mics, you know, like there was an open mic series at the place called the Sidewalk Cafe yep. uh, in the East Village on the uh, A and 6th. That was great. You know, it was called the Anti-Hoot and, you know, Beck had like made his way through there and, right. uh, you know, Jeff Buckley would show up every once in a while. Mm. And, you know, it was like a happening weird little scene of, of people who didn't play folk music, but who played solo. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, I met my, all my closest friends, uh, in music there. Um, and, you know, and then we graduated to playing shows and then graduated to touring and, you know, uh, but that, you know, my scene was really quite small in that sense because, you know, it's kind of like you, you, uh, you get to college and you got your roommates and, right. you know, those are the, those are the people, you know, for the, for yeah. the best for the, for the four years. Um, so it was a little bit like that. Uh, I mean, not quite that insular, but um, pretty, pretty small. Interestingly though, uh, I, at some point, one of my friends, one of those friends, uh, introduced me to this songwriting, um, meeting that happened every Monday night or Tuesday night in the West village, uh, at this guy's, uh, apartment, a guy named Jack Hardy, mm-hmm. uh, who is an old folky from like the Gertie's folk city days, like, you know, um, Dave Van Ronk kind of era, um, folky and, uh, real crusty, old, you know, cantankerous guy who had a, you know, a rent controlled walk up in the the West village (laughs) with like a, you know, a tub in the kitchen and, you know, and he would have this meeting every week and, uh, you know, a dozen or so songwriters would show up and he'd have a big uh, pot of pasta and we'd eat pasta and then everyone had to have a song every week and you had your lyrics printed out and there's no preambles. You couldn't introduce your song. You just sing your song and that was it. And then you get feedback. And I went there for a year or so, and I, you know, I felt a little bit like a ugly duckling. You know, I was more into rock stuff at that point, and mm-hmm. and these were very folky uh, people for the most part. But you know, it's like Suzanne Vega would go, you know, would oh, do it, and you know, I mean, it was like a cool, it was a cool little scene. So interestingly, uh, during the pandemic, uh, a couple of guys who I knew who had uh, who had 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 been very very much into that scene and and tied into that meeting started a new version of the meeting online oh, wow. um, and invited me and a bunch of other people. And yeah, I knew about half of them, but didn't know the other half, but we had all gone to these meetings in the nineties in, in the West village. Um, <clears throat> and so it meets every Monday night on zoom and the people are all over the country, you know, a lot of West coast, some East coast and, you know, Austin, Texas and mm-hmm. Colorado and, um, and everybody in it is great. And we've been writing each of us a song a week oh, for awesome. two years. Holy! So I, I, I've written 110 songs oh. during the pandemic. I know you released a couple of, you know, solo. Yeah, I mean, that, that was just clearing the decks of the stuff that I wrote before <laughs> this meeting. Oh, my gosh. So there are, I have 110 songs that I have to figure out what to do with in this, you know, like weird post music business situation. <laughs> Uh, but, and they keep coming, you know, I don't like, I I don't want to turn off the the tap because they, I, I, I love the process of writing and I love, uh, you know, just having a reason to write and get feedback. So, yeah, I mean, I've got, you know, a half written song, uh, for tomorrow, you know, um, and every, every week I, you know, I write a new song. That's awesome. I mean, just to get that constant feedback and continue working those muscles is just Mm -hmm. like. And forcing yourself to, I mean, you're basically, you know, yeah. similar to like an athlete a, who just keeps training, you know, that's it's right. Just, you just keep, why do you do it? Cause, cause you do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, which is emblematic of like my attitude to, toward the music business anyway, at this point. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not yeah. obviously doing it for some sort of, right. you know, fame and fortune, uh, or I would be doing it differently. I'm sure. Um, but I am getting a lot of pleasure out of it and, and growing. So, Hey, you know, that's, that's fine with me. And so the, you know, you put three albums out 
in while you were in New York City. I listened mm-hmm. to all three recently. Oh, thanks. Just, wow. And, you know, I mean, I knew uh, you're the one then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because I was listening to the the Django and the Regulars album uh-huh. yesterday, and the other two are solo, like solo solo albums, right? Or well, the third they- one is still the it's still the same band, but um, we had decided to just drop it was just like too long it was just yeah. too many words uh but it was the same same band as the regulars so uh, record were you were you signed to i guess a, a label at that point or we put out one of those the regulars record we put out uh on a label in new york just a little indie label and then uh then otherwise no the first and third one uh wasn't um actually that bass player is in this songwriting group oh, nice. uh, now and he's in new york still and he's in the lumineers Um, so he's been touring for years you know i mean it's just insanity those guys Um, oh yeah they've been they're huge they're massive they're like you too like i mean really like it's like twenty thousand people a night you know it's insane so it's really interesting uh to see that up close too yeah and so were you touring at that time were you were you guys like playing we did a little bit uh you know i mean touring from new york it's like easy and not you know because you don't you can't like it's hard to have a van and trailer, you know, right. and it's, uh, you're paying for New York rent at home, you know, and that was, a, you know, all that stuff was a big reason why I left New York in 02, um, for North Carolina, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just so much easier to survive, to play music. Uh, if it, you know, you can get more space, you can practice, you can keep a van, um, yeah. all the things, um, you can do your laundry, you know, in your house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, so that's actually we did some, but I ended up doing a lot more solo touring just because it was more cost effective and right. you know uh, and possible to keep going. One man's birthday is another man's millennium. Did you say the end was near when we could all just disappear? Well, or was it just? When you did move to North Carolina, what drew you to Chapel Hill? I, you know, the, they had that moment in the mid '90s with Ben Folds Five, Squirrel Nut Zippers, that that stuff yep. going on. Um, so, what drew you there? Uh, that was a part of it. You know, I mean, I knew um, I had done a show with Darren and Jesse from mm-hmm. Ben Folds Five, um, maybe a year prior to moving. Wait, and were you okay? Because I I saw him. It was probably too early, like in two thousand one. That would have been uh, it. That was the living room for it. Uh, no, no, it was at CB's gallery next okay. to CBGB's. But yeah. yeah, I mean, same, same. I used to play the living room a lot too. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I really didn't know anyone um, in North Carolina except for Darren, who I'd, I'd met and who was, um, you know, very encouraging about moving there. But um, I, I liked, I, I liked Ben, Ben stuff, um, and uh, I liked the. I like the squirrel nut zippers and I like the, you know, there's this whole kind of power pop thing around the DBs. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and let's active and, you know, Chris Stamey and Mitch Easter and Peter Holsapple. And, yeah. uh, so I was aware of all that. So I knew that that could be, you know, a thing. Uh, and that was similar to what I was doing up in New York. Uh, and I moved here really cold and hmm. it took, it, it didn't actually take that long. <laughs> like in about a year, I had that uh, my first band down here, which was called International Orange, which was with Robert Sledge and other yes. Penfold Five. Along, I have a, I have a bunch of questions about that. So. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and you know it was great, and we toured a lot. Like we yeah. immediately started touring, um, and you know that was that was cool. We did that for several years, and then I formed the old ceremony, and just really wanted to kind of it was just a kind of a different musical direction that I yeah. wanted to do and uh, like more cinematic and less kind of power pop. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it worked, worked out great. And actually the whole big star thing, you know, big star is the seventies right. band from Memphis for anybody who doesn't know them, but <laughs> you should check them out. There are documentaries, there's a live yeah. concert. Oh, film. Yes. Um, but, uh, Chris Tamey is, has become a good friend over the years. Um, I've worked with them uh, a, fair, a fair amount and um and he lived with alex chilton from big star in mm-hmm. the 70s in new york with like some of the guys from television which right. tom verlaine just, yeah, passed. just passed away last night um but uh and so when alex died alex chilton died suddenly uh chris put together this tribute to him um 
doing performing the last Big Star record, which was Big Star Third, which was this weird record that no one had ever performed live, including Big Star, because it was mm-hmm. just like this. It was just it was just basically Alex and Jody in the yeah. studio with just um, like screwing around. With John, with, uh, what's his face? John and Yellow. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 John um, Fry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, and it was and, and Jim Dickerson. That's who and, yeah. Jim Dickinson. Dick, Dickinson, yeah. Dickinson yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a weird, weird, weird record and I love it. And, uh, and so when Alex died, uh, I, I posted a, a cover of big black car just mm. on my own, just as a tribute. Cause I was just, I loved it. And, uh, and Chris, you know, we hadn't talked about it, but Chris was like, Oh, I didn't realize you liked big star. Well, I'm putting together this thing. And it's been 12 years of performing these big star third shows all around the world, we did in you know London and Barcelona mm-hmm. and and all over the U.S. and uh, you know and it's been amazing. I mean, it's been like yeah. uh, just kind of uh, the closest thing to my dream as a teenager as yeah. you could get. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, because I'm a big big star fan. I actually saw the okay. show in Central oh, Park. Did. Yeah, oh cool. Yeah, uh, I think I, t- I think I tagged you on more, like a Facebook. Oh cool. Pic, like, yeah. You know, uh, Richard, that, the, Richard Lloyd played with us. Yeah, that was a, an amazing yeah. show. I mean, I just remember one of my distinct things besides you know seeing you and being like, oh, Django's playing. You know, is that <laughs> is the Mike Mills playing the basketball, just like yeah, bouncing the right, basketball on, on, on downs. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. were you supposed? Because I saw the uh, the number one record show that they came when they came through yeah were you supposed to be on that or did you play a few shows with them so what they did was we did a full one in la and i did that uh and then they did uh like a short small combo tour with like five of them or whatever uh and i didn't you know i wasn't doing those when they came here through here i did that one with them but um but yeah i mean i think they were just trying to tour like kind of like a band for that one um So, yeah, because yeah, no, yeah, that was, I mean, that was cool. I mean, the <clears throat> great thing about the Big Stars 13, you guys did the entire album and then you played a whole bunch of, you know, right. other stuff from No One Record and Radio City. Um, and it, it for me, again, you know, like you said, Third is, is, is a hard album to get into. And I think it took me really uh, seeing the show live. Oh, wow. to, to really to get cool. into it and you know kind of give it a listen and then i you know i have all the, the you know the, the record store day like they're the demos and stuff that they they put oh yeah so, yeah but uh no there i mean i just like everyone you kind of like fall into big star through word of mouth and mm-hmm. you know how did you how did you hear about them um I heard about them in college, uh, you know, in the early nineties and right, I had was, a, they were re-releasing and stuff. And, yeah. They and, did the live in Columbia, Missouri record with the, uh, with John and, and Ken from the posies. And, uh, and I heard it there and then, you know, and, and I heard about it also through the replacements, uh, Alex Chilton song, right. uh, and the combination of those two, you know, um, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I heard about him kind of in the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, it's once I heard that it kind of like I mean I knew in the street from that '70s show because it came out when I was a teenager <laughs> yeah, right. and then but then when I made the connection yeah it was just like the, the whole the whole like I was like oh this is the kind of music I've always liked this right, power exactly. pop stuff and it's like you know right. it's just right. everything just opened up from there if Badfinger was from the South you know right. yeah I mean it's so good if have you seen the documentary. Oh, uh, I, nothing, I think I, yeah, I've seen it so me. many times. I think I, I think I donated money when they were doing like a, the Kickstarter uh, oh, for it or cool. something like that. Cool, great. Have you seen the live concert film we did? I did not see that. You got to see I, it's I, on okay. Prime, I think. Uh, I'll check it out. It's called Thank You Friends. Yeah, and we did it in L.A. Uh, a few years ago, and it was yeah, super fun. Great uh, yeah. lineup. Jeff Tweedy was on it, right? I think. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. oh, awesome. But I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, it's just it sucks that that Chilton's not around though. I, yeah. Who knows if he would actually enjoy the fact that he's getting all these. Accolades he wouldn't. He that. wouldn't let anybody do it, man. <laughs> if he was around, he would not let anybody play yeah. this big star stuff, yeah. you know. But Jody is, uh, yeah, Jody's yeah. an incredible, incredibly yeah. generous, wonderful guy. You yeah, know? he's. I mean, he's. He's. I can't believe he's still playing the way he does. You know, he, at his. It's like it's, it's like riding on the cow catcher of an old train, you know, you're just like, you're going that direction, you know, when he starts playing, so.
So to get back to International yeah. Orange, because um, you know, as you alluded to, and as the people who've listened to and who know me personally, Ben Folds Five was a was probably the most important band of my uh, young 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 life, sure. my teenage life, um, and so. When this and I, I became heavily involved in the online world of Ben Folds fans oh, yeah. and everything like that. So when we learned about this new band with, with you know Robert Sledge and from Snooze. Ben Folds Five and Snooze, yeah. who had toured on the Rock in the Suburbs uh, right. tour, and you know knew Ben, and it was it was a massive deal. And yeah. we were I don't know who released the demos somehow. Someone dropped demos online and. The fr- I, I immediately gravitated to it. I love it. I love. I have you know. I have the Spoonbox EP, which, which uh-huh. I love. Um, and so I, you said everything just happened quickly. I guess did you know? Did you just meet them randomly? Like how did that all come together? <clears throat> when I first got to town, you know, it's funny. It's, it really kind of goes back to Darren because when I got to town, I had a conversation with Darren on the phone when I first moved, and I literally knew nobody, and he, and and he just dictated like a, a notebook full of musicians for me to get in touch with to try to put a band together. Yeah. And, uh, and one of those was, uh, Tom Maxwell, who is the, Oh uh, yes. Yes. Oh, no, Zippers guys. Yep. And we, you know, my, my band, the old ceremony toured with the zippers for years. Uh, you know, once we were down, once we were going without Tom though. Right. Cause he's right. Like, no, no Tom. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I'm, you know, been friends with Tom for a long time. And, uh, yeah, and so through Tom, uh, I think I met Robert, and um, you know, I, I think I don't, I don't really even recall exactly. I think I played a show with Snooze randomly in Charlotte, and we really hit it off, you know, kind of great personally dude. and musically. Such a great guy. Yeah, I think he and Robert were talking about putting something together, and and Snooze maybe suggested uh, calling me, and uh, you know, I mean, gosh, I've never been in a band before or since with such great harmony singers. Oh. You know, I mean, to be able to do three-part harmony live is just a joy, and and that band really could do that. Um, so that was <clears throat> that was exciting for me. That was a new thing for sure. Yeah, and you know, I I, I saw you guys in Williamsburg when you played the basement of North, what was North Six, which is now the oh, yeah. Music Hall of Williamsburg. That yeah. that was the amazing show because I don't know if you remember it. Like no. it was so it, it was in the was basement. Was that like a really sweaty one? Like incredibly. Yeah, I sweaty. actually think I have a picture with like with you sweating and like have dollar bills on your on, on your stuff. <laughs> I just remember you know there was the aquarium that was behind you guys. Those are my wild years, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I there was that, the aquarium, yeah. and there was like literally three feet between the band and the yeah. stage. Uh, the band and, and the and the audience, audience and, yeah i mean i, I do it was, remember that it was such a great i had no like it was the first time i'd ever been to brooklyn like i drove I, you know we had no idea my friend and i where we where we were but anyway <laughs> um so you know you guys seem to have such great chemistry and um you know i mean i i, I wanted to ask before i get i guess into that with the the songwriting it seemed to mostly be songs you guys had previously written and put out um or you know had written i know the robert songs were supposed to be on the the the, the fourth ben folds five album that never happened i know you had a couple of tracks uh, or at least one uh, like hand to mouth was on, right uh, hand to mouth was know. an old one yeah now did, did you guys did you write together or did you was no. it more like Everyone kind of brought in their own songs. Um, I ended up writing a, 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 a number of songs for the band. And I think Robert wrote, wrote a couple and Snooze did as well. Um, but yeah, we started out, when we started out, we just kind of brought yeah. some, you know, songs that we had. But um, but yeah, and we would just kind of bring in a song and then we would just work work on it together, gotcha. you know, arrangement wise. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, I mean... I don't know. I, I'm I'm surprised the album's not on on Spotify. It's, I wish it were. I'd like to be able to listen to it. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, you know, I don't have any way to listen to it. <laughs> I, I can say. I mean, I can say. I have the copy. CD. Oh, you have the CD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have yeah. a CD, but I just you know I don't have a CD player anymore. Right, so, right. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, and and you guys definitely seem to have a lot of you know energy and oh, yeah. and, and and get along really well. I, so what happened? I mean, is, is, was it just like too much too quickly? And I it's think just, so. I think we were touring too much. I mean, I think it was just like, too, it was, a, it was really punishing, you know, doing that amount of yeah. touring and, you know, we weren't making a lot of money or anything. It was just kind of just doing it. And, uh, and it was, it, I think, um, for me, it kind of came down to, uh, you know, I was willing to do that amount of touring, but if, you know, it, it was hard sometimes, you know, it was kind of everything was committee at a certain mm-hmm. point because there are three very strong personalities right. who all 
thought they knew how everything should go. And so, um, you know, I mean, obviously that's naturally going to lead to lots of friction, but, uh, it it just kind of came down to, for me at least, um, if I was going to be devoting all of my time for the foreseeable future to something, I wanted it to be really exactly what I wanted to do, you know, not kind of a compromise with a couple other people who, you know, and not necessarily being able to do a lot of the things that I did want to do. So, I mean, it was just, you know, uh, I just, for me, it was just kind of time. Um, but I think, I think it had worn us all out quite a bit. Um, you know, doing that. I mean, you know, Robert, of course had done a ton of touring, um, but it, you know, he had done it at a different level for a long time. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it was tough sleeping on floors and everything. Oh yeah. I'm sure there was, I mean, like, I'm sure when it's tough going from playing, you know, sold out, you know, shows with thousands of people to playing the basement of a random, you know, a place in in Brooklyn. Um, it's gotta be, you know, disappointing and stressful. What we lack in skill, we make up in heart. And our fans die hard. Only, only. There's always something new to do without. And I, I guess from what you were alluding to, because the old ceremony pretty much happened immediately after. Yeah. Um, was that something that was going on, like behind, you know, while International Orange was going? Yeah. Or I mean, I kinda... think the old ceremony was already kind of starting up, and I was trying to do both, and then it just wasn't working to do both. Right. Um, you know, when when the old ceremony, <clears throat> when I put that together, it was like a real conscious kind of thing. It, instead of kind of falling into a situation which I was really happy to be in, you know, the international orange situation. This was more like, I really would love to have a band that's like this. And, uh, you know, I wasn't even sure what the instrumentation was going to be, but I I knew I wanted it to be really lush and, and kind of, I had some touchstones, you know, like the bad seeds and, and Serge Gainsbourg and, you know, Mm -hmm. other stuff that I really liked and, um, Piazzolla and, you know, just like, like stuff that I all felt was like kind of of a piece vibe wise. And I really wanted to do that. And so actually Tom Maxwell called me up one day when I, and said, Hey, I hear you're putting a band together. You need a vibraphone and my <laughs> friend Mark is going to be in your band. So give him a call. I gave him your number. You know, Mark called me the next day and Mark was in the band. And he still, we played last yeah. night together, you know, 18 years later. Uh, I didn't know I needed a vibraphone, but it, we did. It, it yeah. was great. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was just a different, it was just a different phase. And, and, uh, also a really great phase, you know, it's, I feel very, even though, um, in terms of kind of outward success, <laughs> you know, it's been touch and go, but I, I feel very fortunate to be, have, you know, found myself or put myself or whatever into these various situations where, uh, yeah. I was able to play music with all these I mean, great players. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be totally honest. Cause like I, when I, I was kind of crestfallen about like the whole international orange and that sort of oh, yeah. old ceremony. <laughs> and like, at that time it was hard to hear music outside of like the one or two clips. And I was into what other stuff. And so I never until the, like the past couple of weeks when we started talking about, uh-huh. you know, doing this, I didn't dive, I hadn't di- dove oh, yeah. into the stuff and I, I love it. It's really great. Like oh, papers and papers in order has been in my head the last two weeks. Like, yeah, it's that's... like that is, that's like this, <laughs> it's a great song. I mean, yeah, it's, thanks. It's, yeah. uh, you know, but it, it's, it's really, it's really great music. And it's, I think maybe for me, when I was in my early twenties, it was tough because that's not the style I was into yeah. and I wasn't. Sure. And so as an I adult, you know, as a 39 year old, it's much, much easier to do it. But, you know, you guys have been around for a long time and, you know, having played in bands, my, you know, myself, it's, it's hard to keep things up especially if you're not years yeah. i mean if you're not successful like yeah, exactly you know, if you're, right if you're I mean, not making you are, a lot of money right right yeah. i mean you guys are on uh uh yep rock record right. or yep records i mean and yep which rock. is no you're right uh, yeah um and it's but still that's a very small indie label that you sure. know is yeah. so what have you you know what's been how have you guys been able to keep it going uh through the years you know i mean we it's been it's been interesting and 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 uh, it blows my mind, honestly, that I'm still playing with these guys. It's really great. Um, we, we, 
had uh we we had a really good run of like kind of things really kind of coming together in a region like regionally that we were touring right. nationally but uh and we did you know europe and canada a little bit but um but you know there was you know a good eight years or so where we would uh you know sell out the pretty the bigger venues here um and uh you know, I, I, I had no idea that wasn't going to last forever, but, you right. know, um, but it was great. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, that helped just to feel like, okay, this is really a going concern, but also I think, you know, um, there's a lot of, uh, these guys are, are all just great musicians. You know, they're not, um, they're not tied to one genre. They're not, uh, afraid to kind of stretch in all kinds of different directions. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're really like jazz players really, uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of open stuff in our arrangements and, uh, and it, you know, draws from a lot of different areas. And so I think that just keeps us interested. I mean, I think we're just, you know, and, and there have been dry periods in terms of my writing, cause I, I write all the songs for the band, mm -hmm. but um where it was kind of like they're like all right write some new songs we've been playing these you know 40 for the last eight years <laughs> or whatever um but i mean now that's not a obviously yeah not they a got 100 and whatever <laughs> in fact now it's like uh, could we play something we've played before yeah. um but uh but yeah you know i mean i think we have a lot of respect for each other and we we haven't tried we did a lot of touring but we you know we've been reasonable about it uh i mean certainly lately we you know because we oh, a number of us have young kids um and so you know why like it's kind of comes down to like why wouldn't we keep playing together because we really enjoy it and right and if people still will come hear us then great you know yeah. and i think we our expectations are are much more reasonable now <laughs> yeah. um but you know it's uh yeah so i think that's why um you know and i think one thing and being being a dad really changed my understanding of what i wanted from the music yeah from a life of music, you know, and, uh, um, I, uh, my ambition kind of melted away in a lot of ways, except for artistically, uh, I would still like to be heard and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I enjoy getting feedback hey, and stuff, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, I, I, uh, I, I just realized, you know, I've seen a lot of friends do really, really well in terms of kind of external success. And, uh, the, what that looks like in, in real life is I just realized it's just not, it's not something I'm really willing to do because yeah. I, I don't want to miss any time with my kids. Like I don't want to go away for two years and play stadiums. Like I really, I mean, you know, and it's not sour, sour grapes. I mean, honestly, I really don't. Um, I would do, I'd probably have a hard time turning it down if it, if it happened. Right. Uh, but I, I can't imagine I'm so involved. I, you know, with my kids, I, I, you know, make every meal, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just like, I don't want to miss that. So, yeah. um, so for me, it just, it changed where my focus was a little bit, a lot. Yeah. Um, and I had to really redefine success for myself. And, um, what I found was, uh, for me, su success really is being able to play music, um, and being able to play music with, uh, people that I admire and be treated like a peer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that, that kind of big star show is a big example of that. I mean, a lot of the bands and players that I looked up to REM and Wilco and the replacements and big star and, you know, Robin Hitchcock and Yola mm -hmm. Tango and all these, you know, in, in the kinks, you know, we played with Ray Davies, and, oh, wow. you know, um, you know, are, we're friends and that's great. Like there's, <laughs> it doesn't go beyond that. Like, you know, I'm not like staying at their houses and like, you yeah. know, we're, but we're friends and we play music and it's great because we love it. And like, there's nothing better than that. Like there's, there's really nothing better than that. So I feel very fortunate, uh, to have kind of found what is important, what, what would constitute making it as it were right. for me and, um, you know, and kind of revising my kind of adolescent idea of what that was, which right. carried through, you know, almost until I was about 40, you know. I got my papers in order, gonna find me a new love, gonna find me a new love now. Everybody's got their own excuses, I know I've had mine too. But I'm not gonna let a few bumps and bruises keep me from breaking through. 
when your son was born, were you touring a lot or were you? A fair amount. Okay. Um, a fair amount when he was first born. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, not like, you know, for like a couple weeks at a time, yeah. you know, not for, for really long times, but, um, yeah, continued to tour for a while. Um, but then really just kind of pulled back and right. would just do kind of, you know, DC and Atlanta and DC yeah. and New York and Atlanta and, and Nashville. And cause I saw you guys, your last full album was uh, the old ceremony was, uh, Sprinter. 15. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't know if the timing of like, yeah. Slowing down. Well, my son was born in 2014. Right. So yeah, we, so we toured for Sprinter and, you know, we had a kind of a, a little, uh, circuit that went up the East coast through Canada, down through the Midwest, mm -hmm. down through the South, back around. And we played South by Southwest and all that stuff. Nice. Um, you know, just kind of standard stuff. You know I mean? At a certain point, it's just like, why are we doing this? You know yeah. I mean? Like I love playing, but like, uh, at a certain level, you know, I mean, once you become you know, grown ass men, like, wh why, why, like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. You right. know I mean? It's like, what, there's gotta be a different way to do it. Right. So, uh, like how late were you out last night, you know, from your game? Like, yeah. You and I'm dying. I'm dying today. I'm dying. I was out late. I mean, I was out, you know, I was like till like 1230 AM, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I mean, I couldn't have woken up at six in the morning right. ever then you know and now i do it every day so right. it's just like it's a trade-off you know yes exactly uh but um yeah yeah i mean i i think you know the, the pandemic wasn't such a big deal to me in terms of touring right um and you know it, it kind of brought out this weird uh virtual connection to you know friends who are scattered around mm -hmm. which is you know has been a really positive thing so um it was it, it's been hard but it's uh, for, for relatively introverted people, uh, not that bad. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do, I do really want to, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, skip over the, the, uh, au pair project. Oh yeah. Sure. Gary Loris put, yeah. put together. How did, was that like a product of the big stars third yeah. thing? Yeah. So Gary and I met doing big stars third in Chicago and just hung out and, you know, we're just shooting the shit and, uh, like had a similar sense of humor and um had this joke about uh <clears throat> writing a country song with all the phrases we hated most in the world <laughs> uh it started with it's all good and then we just like started listing them and then we ended up uh doing it uh, we wrote it and it's i mean it's just just a stinker of a hit i mean it is a hit and it's awful and it's great um but uh it's called it ain't all good um yeah. it's not out but it's it's uh there's a i'm sure there's a youtube video or somewhere some parts of it but anyway um yeah and then he came to town for something and called me up and we went and i went over to his hotel room and we we co-wrote a song mm -hmm. and there was a minnesota viking you know he's like a midwesterner yeah. you know so there's a vikings game on you know on mute on in his hotel and so we ended up writing a song about like a traumatic head injury, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, called, uh, King of the Valley. Um, <clears throat> and it was just really easy. I've never had a co-writing experience like that. Uh, our voices really just worked really well together and, uh, and our writing really worked well together. So we just, um, we just kept doing it and, uh, ended up doing a whole record and, doing some touring. We played with Wilco and we did, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a few other things. We played in LA and New York and whatever. And, and, uh, you know, we're mostly, it's just, we're friends, you know, and we're still friends. And, um, we actually have some recordings that are in various stages of a second kind of oh, album. Nice. I was going to ask um, if there was another, another album coming out. Yeah. I mean, we have, I think we have five or six songs, uh, and you know, the recordings are, uh, I don't know, if they're going to be the final recordings or not, but we have, we have demos of them and, uh, he's in Canada now. So it's, mm. it's harder. He was living in North Carolina for a while. Uh, he ended up moving down here for a while, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that, that was great. Uh, and just really fun. Um, you know, great. God, what a singer, like that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, both of you are fantastic. Singers, well, thanks. So. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just, we complimented each other really well. And I think our sense of humor really worked. And that was the big thing, honestly. It's funny, man. Like so much of this stuff is just about person personality, yeah. you know, oh, just about who you are. Uh, yes. You know, I mean, there are lots of great players, 
uh, and singers and whatever, but who do you want to hang out with? Right. Uh, and, um, you know, that's been really cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm hoping that at some point we put some, I, there's one track that's like kind of done mm. that we might put out, but I, you know, we have to kind of put our heads together. The Jayhawks are pretty busy right now. Yeah. They're, they're touring again. And I mean, that's just like, I mean, like you said earlier, alluding to about the music industry at this point, you can just put up whatever you want yeah, whenever tomorrow. you want. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah. it's not a big deal. Trying to reach you across the canyons of my mind. So at the end of the uh, at the end of every episode, um, we ask our guests to discuss what they've been listening to. So, what are three artists or songs that you've been really enjoying lately? Oh, good. Uh, so, <laughs> man, I discovered uh, Madison Cunningham. Do you know I've her? Heard, I've heard the name. Oh, brother, man. <laughs> uh, her her most recent record, uh, I think it's called Hospital. Um, that's maybe the single. Uh, um, anyway, it's. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, her her writing, her singing, her guitar playing is just so creative. And, and uh, I saw her band uh, come through, and man, I mean, they were just just so good. Uh, so I I've, I've been very into that. That's really incredible. I've been listening to this Greek, <clears throat> I read this um, uh, memoir by uh, Warren, uh, not Haynes. Warren Zevon? Uh, no, uh, from the Bad Seeds in 33. No. Uh, Warren Ellis. Mm -hmm. Warren Ellis? Yeah, Warren Ellis, um, who is uh, a violin player with Nick Cave. And, and um, he wrote a, a memoir called uh, Nina Simone's Gum. Hmm. Um, and uh, in it, he talks about finding this, cassette of a Greek folk singer from the sixties named Arletta, uh, and how he was just, there's this one song that he would just play over and over. So I found the song, this was like a year ago or so. And, uh, and it's incredible. I love it. I mean, I love it. I listened to her first self-titled record. It's uh, A-R-L-E-T-A, Arletta. And it's just wonderful. It's kind of like, sounds like, you know, Leonard Cohen, uh, guitar, you know I mean? And, uh, just this beautiful uh voice and you know it's in greek but you know so I, I can't really comment on the lyrics but it's but it's uh it's great um what's the and, track called do you know what the track's called uh i can tell you hold on uh it's um it's torah uh torah noikso tough dare it's the first track okay um but there there are lots of them it's on the it's on the you know the self-titled album Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's great. Tus picros vorias panos to uno Que ta ki parisia vethaxanado Tora tha sa fiso Que tha pao makaria Tora tha nixo I, I listen to a lot of Bill Evans. Like he's kind of my obsession, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Bill Evans, uh, uh, live at the village Vanguard. Um, uh, and, uh, I just love it, man. I mean, I, you know, I would love, I've, you know, I mess around on piano, but I, I'm not really, a, I wouldn't call myself a piano player. Mm -hmm. I can, I can record piano, but, um, but man, if I could just create those harmonic sounds, you know, it would just be incredible. <laughs> like, you know, so that's, I've been doing, I've been listening to a lot of that. 
I also been teaching myself saxophone. You know, I, I know, never played I, on a, Facebook. You've oh, did you see that? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, uh, I never played a wind instrument, and it's you know, it's hard at first, very hard, and uh, it's getting better. Uh, it's fun. Did you, you know? Now, did you? I was listening to your the EPs uh, that you put out um, uh-huh. for the Before Time EPs. Did you play sax on that? Oh, sax hell no. Okay. No, I mean, it's this great sax player, a friend of mine, Matt Douglas, who plays in the Mountain Goats. Okay, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he's incredible. Yeah, no, 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 no. My, no. <laughs> I won't play. I do, Stamey uh, tried to convince me to play sax on one of the big star shows, a couple mm-hmm. of them, actually, and I just flat out refused. <laughs> and, and I'm not a shy person with that stuff, but I'm just like, man, there is no way. Like, I don't even know what I'm playing when I, like, you know did what I mean? Like, you want you to play on feel? Like, is it, was it like yeah. that was, like, yeah, you need, you need a, you need a, yeah. like they, they brought yeah. for when I saw them in Jersey City, they had some uh, local guy, I guess, from yeah. New York coming in and he was yeah. crushing it, but it's like, yeah. Oh, I mean, we had like, you know, Ken Vandermark in Chicago, like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like the heaviest dude you could get and, you know, and the, uh, the uptown horns in Central Park. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to go up there and honk my way through a, <laughs> maybe the right note, you know? Well, you should take, you should take, you should call Maxwell up and see if he can give you some lessons. Yeah. You know, no matter, he, didn't, he can't play horn. Are you kidding me? I thought he um, Didn't he play, he played in Squirrel Lessons? No, person, I no, I don't, I don't think so. Or was it? Yeah. Cause I think, I think he did. Cause did I he? remember, uh, yeah, it was him and Mosier played. Well, yeah, Mosier played. Yeah. I know because I, I've heard Ken play, but I, because he was also Mark. No, because Maxwell was on. Uh, I remember bringing Ben Folds back into it when they toured for Reinhold Messner. They played, was it Letterman or Leno? And it was like him and, and Tom Mosier, played with them? Him and Mosier oh, wow. and the Klezmatics. And, oh, wow. or, and Jay Wittenhouse from, uh-huh. from uh, sure. played with him. And then when I saw them at Central the Zippers, Park, yeah. Yeah, when, I played, when I saw them in Central Park, all of them were there. Wow. I've never heard Tom play a horn. Uh, I've, I've only heard him play guitars. Or piano. Um, he might have not I played, played on a, been, I, to, Tom solo records. I played on some of you those. Sam, you didn't play on Sam Sarah, did you? No, the, the one, one after that. Uh, I, there's a tune called "Party of One," just great song, uh, and a, a song called "Who Threw That Ham at Me," um, <laughs> which is this all like like kind of country politan Nashville song. Mm-hmm. It's like "Who Threw That Ham at Me." Um, and it's great, man. And I, I play this really far out solo on that and like a real like total George Harrison kind of special on uh, Party <laughs> One. Um, I don't know check if that, out. that out. Yeah, I don't know if it's out or not. I well, mean, I, I, mean, I know that he put out the minor drag. Was it, it was minor? Yeah, it was post minor drag. Okay. It was uh, the one after that before gotcha. you left town. Yeah. Django, thanks so much for Thank coming you, to the show. This really has been great. Uh, you know, and uh, good luck with. Uh, I hope the old ceremony continues to go on. And uh, yeah, know, I, 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 if you guys come up to New York, I'll try to catch you guys. We uh, will. You know, we will for sure. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode, and special thanks again to Django Haskins for coming on to the show. If you want to follow Django on social media, you can find him on Instagram at Django Fish. That's D-J-A-N-G-O-F-I-S-H. You can also visit Calvander Music to check out some of Django's music tutorials or to get information about possibly taking lessons from him. That's C-A-L-V-A-N-D-E-R-M-U-S-I-C.com. If you want to get information about the old ceremony, Go over to theoldceremony.com to find out any future tour dates or check out some music videos and, you know, find out what they sound like. Uh, you can also do that at Spotify or any major streaming services. Uh, you can also find music from Au Pair, Big Stars Third, and Django Solo Work, both under Django Haskins and Django and the Regulars uh, on Spotify and I assume all other major streaming services. If you want to check out music from International Orange, you can find that on YouTube. Uh, a fan, uh, a Ben Folds fan, under the name Ben Folds Rarities, has put together three different playlists uh, of uh, International Orange tracks, uh, from their demos to their EP Spoonbox and their unreleased songs. 
So go ahead and uh, check that out. I will put a link in the description for that as well. Now, if this is your first time or your 20th time, I really appreciate the fact that you're listening and you're checking out the podcast and would love for you to subscribe to the show or at least go back and check out some of our older episodes. If you really like or even love what you've heard, feel free to give us an honest review or give us a five-star rating or a four-star rating, whatever you feel like. Uh, or you can just tell a friend about us. Either way, that helps you know promote the show and uh, get some more ears listening. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter, both at Dad Rocks Pod, as well as on Facebook by just searching up Dad Rocks Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or any show ideas for us, or you just want to give us a shout, feel free to email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. If you want to check out the music you've heard on this episode in full, we have a playlist, to uh, a Spotify playlist, which should be linked in the podcast description. So once again, thanks for listening, and remember, dads, you rock. Fight your way through death's disguise I said, I said Just cut in onions I said, I said Just cut in